The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Is, uh, welcome to one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Questions, comments, disagreements, hit me up on social media or email the show. You can find everything you're looking for as far as that goes at Financial Coaching radio.com it's also the place to listen to the show anytime anywhere via podcast let's get started talk about uh, what's happening in the markets as far as what's the future hold let me rub my crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen with the investing markets in 2023 i don't have one nobody does uh, but it is intriguing to though though to how many people and this day everything everybody's got a podcast right there's a podcast on podcasts. There's a podcast on every subject known to man, and there's probably a, a thousand of them. And uh, I would assume that in the financial space, it's pretty dominant there, too. Everyone has an opinion on how you need to be investing your money, what's the next brightest and best idea of how this way is right and this way is wrong. And <laughs> especially these real estate guys, man. <laughs> these real estate guys that charge you know they're doing these speaking events and they have these seminars and these these systems that they sell and there's nothing wrong with that you know they're making money out of their business but then they have the audacity basically to say you know, this is the only way my way of you know, put everything in real estate don't do anything else and like if you're so successful and you're doing have all this you know you're so busy with do, buying up all the real estate you can leveraging yourself to the hilt you sure do got a lot of time to do speaking engagements. Why is that a money a main money stream for you? In my view, that's usually a telltale sign that they're in the business of selling BS, not necessarily. They want you to believe their way is the only way, the best way. Um, but it doesn't always mean that it is. No one can tell you what the future holds for as investing markets go. But Wall Street has an opinion. And when we say Wall Street, I don't that's just analysts, the guys who look at the profit, future profitability prospects of companies and give you an idea of what's to come. Uh, we've got a lot of layoffs that are here. People are still thinking or fearing the recession. But inflation and the higher prices have stuck around with us. And think about this. Wall Street expects the net profit margins for companies that make up the S&P 500 index to remain at levels much higher than any level prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Put that in layman's terms, Wall Street thinks the largest companies in the U.S., maybe even the world in some cases, will make more money in 2023 
than they have had as far as a percentage, a profit margin percentage. Isn't that astounding? As the fourth quarter results roll in, analysts expect 2022 net profit margins, uh, which that is how much a profit a company generates compared to its sales. They expect a profit margin of 12%. For 20, 2023, they expect 12.2, and then increasing from there to the next year. The S&P profit margins have never reached 11%. They had surpassed 10% only twice before topping 12% in 2021, despite convulsions to the labor market. So isn't that just amazing? We hear all, you know, what's, what is driving, not always, but for the most part, you know, there's a lot of different factors, but nothing really is more important to the share price of a stock than the future profitability of the company. And the profit margin prediction, is that not a sign? You know, you know, I guess it can quickly be a race as fast as it came, if you want to say that it came fast. You know, we could have going through a deflationary period where companies have to lower prices to get increased demand, and then their profit margins would decrease. It's just throwing that simple theory out there. There's a lot more moving parts than just that. But... For the most part, I don't see companies on a large scale ever lowering their prices. It's not typical business operation management, right? If you can charge $5 for your widget and people are buying your widget for $5, why are you going to reduce the price to 4 if your demand is good? So if demand stays strong, uh, we may have a a period where you know inflation kind of goes back to normal levels where it's zero percent one percent two percent somewhere in that range and not the crazy six seven eight nine percent we saw uh from the price gouging of 2022 but that doesn't mean um we're going to see lower lower than they are now but i found that amazing profit margins higher than ever is the prediction uh, the record profit margins occurred amid record inflation, suggesting companies were benefiting from the higher prices handed down to consumers instead of attempting to catch up with increased costs. Uh, that, that to me, that right there just means price gouging. They're like, we got to seize this opportunity. Everybody's screaming inflation is here. Well, we'll, show, we'll, we'll start raising our prices and people are still going to buy our stuff and we're going to make even more money. Who gets blamed for that scenario? Who gets blamed for inflation? People blame the Fed, blame the politicians. But no one's forcing these companies to raise their prices on their stuff, right? You know, simple economic theory is that if you have a lot of demand and you want to slow demand, you raise prices. And if you have, uh, you know, you have a lot of supply and not enough demand, you lower prices to increase demand. Kind of that offsetting thing. But we have high demand, high prices. How long can we sustain this? What is my future prediction is I think it evens out. I think in the long run, it just evens back out. We get back to some normalcy. We came off. Everything was going smooth, right? Smooth as you can say it goes in the investing markets. And we had this silly, overblown, uh, overreaction to COVID. And then a lot of free money went into the system through the payroll protection stuff and the um, the stimulus checks, 
giving money to the system for people to spend that normally wouldn't have been there, buying more stuff than they normally would have had, creating more demand. Prices went up, but also people just seized the opportunity. So once we're far enough away from this madness, hopefully interest rates stabilize, the Fed quits raising rates. That, that's another fear. Are they going? Are they going too far? What it, it, the mass? Even people in the business, in the financial side of the business, unless they're econ- economists, don't really understand what the Federal Reserve does and what they don't do. Because all the news gives us is, oh, Fed raised rates today. Oh, what are they raising? You know, they don't know what they're raising, why they're raising, uh, what the purpose of they're cutting rates or doing whatever. The quantitative easing as they used to do in the mid-2000s or late-2000s. And it's not a subject that people care about. But we'll hopefully find out if the Fed has made good decisions. They haven't done too much to overslow our economy. We get back to, I don't even know what you would say a normal mortgage rate is. Is a normal mortgage rate 5%? Four and a half percent. I don't know because we lived in this world where mortgage rates were under three percent for so many years. And what is normal inflation? Is it going back to barely being two, or the historical average of close to three? I hope we get back to just hey, let's let's get away from so much drama with having to do with the economy and certainly uh, drama when it relates to politics. That would be just a nice a nice a break from everything anyway we're gonna be talking estate planning if you're a business owner the next segment is just for you how do you wrap your estate plan your wills powers of attorney your trust and plan for your business if you pass away on your business this is financial coaching radio i'm jason qualls certified financial planner see you on the other side of this break keep it locked in Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. back to the show this is financial coaching radio i'm jason qualls certified financial planner john baker is back with us here to talk estate planning john first up today let's discuss business ownership in tennessee 
And we have LLCs, we have S corporations, regular C corporations, partnerships, sole proprietorships. But in the form of a business entity, if say business owner were to pass away, what happens to that business interest? And I think it's a little bit more clear if there's a it's a corporation and there's shares of stock. But what about like an LLC or a, or a sole proprietorship? Uh, how does that handled in someone's estate plan? Yeah, so really, you know, regardless of the entity, uh, it's going to pass to whoever's the designated or identified, you know, beneficiary of that person's estate plan. So if if it if the will says everything to my spouse and he owned the the entity, you know, in his name, then that. So that's a sole proprietorship yeah. passing through the will. Well, yeah. LLC, single member, same. same thing. So in LLC, you would have membership interests, and unless it's been directed in some other way, if it, you know, the person dies, he has a will, you know, then it's going to pass through that will. Uh, and a corporate stock, you know, would essentially do the, do the same thing. Now, you know, sometimes people. Uh, uh, will set up, uh, you know, other planning. They may use a trust. There may be some beneficiary designations that get set up with those that, that will pass it that way. But otherwise, it would probably pass through the person's estate. And if they have a will, that means it'll pass through their will. And partnerships uh, could work a little different, right? Because it all depends on what's in the partnership agreement or is that well, sold sure. back you to could, the... you could have a partnership is it, How does the LLC agreement, uh, does it ever supersede like a, a will or can you, you draft an LLC agreement where, you know, if it's a single member that the, the entity survives or a multi-member, it goes back to the, the surviving members? Yeah, so all, all of those... Uh, Issues can be addressed in a uh, you know in in, in, the, in an operating agreement or agreement among the partners or the owners that will you know set forth what's to happen you know when one of them dies and so yes that that's it's essentially a contract so that that contract is going to be binding on the estate and they will need to follow whatever the uh, uh, process that's been laid out in that agreement and and you know a lot of businesses uh, that have you know more than one owner you know they, they're going to have those agreements in place because the surviving owners if they're particularly if you know if they're going to continue operating don't necessarily want to you know operate with the the deceased partner's family you know they just want to move on and you know uh, op, you know operate it the way you know they, they elect to do so so, so we're getting a little bit into like buy sell agreements, but yeah. can some of the buy sell agreement stuff be handled in the operating agreement of the business? Uh, yeah, you can you can have some ele- elements of that you know built into the operating agreement. It would really just kind of depend on you know how they how they set up their agreements and what format they're using. But uh, you know you may have a right of first refusal, you know that sort of thing. You know that the surviving owners have the first option to buy out the deceased owners uh from the from his estate and you know and at the same time the let's say it's a surviving spouse you know she may not want to continue she may not want to be an owner herself you know she may want to sell it to the others you know so 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 if the others want the deceased share and the surviving you know spouse let's say uh you know doesn't want it you know then, then they can negotiate a price or there may be some sort of price set up in a operating agreement or buy sell agreement or whatever agreement that the owners had 
in your past estate planning cases that have dealt with small business, if, is there any common theme as a mistake people are making, uh, the lack of planning? You know, it's like everything else. If you you know if you work a day job, you have a W two. Your taxes are fairly simple. You start getting into rental property and business ownership. Your taxes are very complicated. Uh, there's there's simple mistakes you can make as an individual with a simple situation as it relates to your estate plan. And then your business ownership just kind of complicates that. Is there a common misstep people are making that own businesses? Well, it's probably, I mean, just in general, just the failure to, you know, to plan it out, you know, to, to, to map that out. Uh, and then probably. Uh, as, you mean as far as like succession? Like yeah, in other words, they just the, didn't address it. You know, they're just, they're just going to leave it to the estate and the surviving owners to work it out, hopefully. You know, there's no real agreement in place as to what to do. So, and, so husband may own a business, pass away, leave it, then the wife inherits his share. Right. Uh, she could step in and take over, I guess, yeah, so let's the role say, or sell it back to the, the survivors. Right. And, so, yeah. Yeah. So let's say a uh, husband and his brother, you know, own a, you know, a, a auto garage together and husband dies and, you know, the surviving brother wants to continue on, but he doesn't want, want his brother's wife to be his partner. She may not want to be the partner because she's not a mechanic. Or may want to be, and he don't want to be. You know, so they, hopefully they can work that out. But, but you know, even, even better than that, hopefully the two brothers had mapped that out themselves by, you know, by some sort of contractual agreement as to what to do when one of them dies. And then, the you know, the other issue that, that can come up in all of that is, is the lack of funds, you know, to carry it out, you know, either – uh, so that's where he's, survivor he, business owner would not have enough cash to buy out, buy the, out the the wife or yeah the the, the widow and uh, and of course that's where the buy sell agreements come into play and uh, which you know sometimes are funded with life insurance to provide that liquidity to 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 make it all happen. If you're just joining in to Financial Coaching Radio, we're talking how to plan estate planning around your small business. If you're a small business owner, this show is for you. What about probate as it relates to a business? You, know, you have different assets go through probate. Is it is it make probate a little bit more complicated when you have a business ownership, or is it just as as complicated as it always is doing with probate? Uh, uh, yeah, it can it can make make it more more complicated, particularly if it's operating for an extended period of time. You know, with with an estate interest involved. Uh, so so yes it, it can uh, you know make that a little more complicated than if it was you know just real estate and bank accounts and is there a business, business entity you prefer <clears throat> in general it's the llc the limited liability company because of its flexibility and 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 ease of setup and uh you know that and uh and it works well with uh when you're setting up estate plans so that that tends to be the uh uh, the favored entity these days. Uh, now, in certain situations, there may be other uh, other considerations other than just estate planning, where the where the entity prefers a corporate entity uh, or or a limited partnership or you know some other form of entity. But I'd say uh, LLCs have become the 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 popular choice. Yeah, it's 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 worth having that discussion because an LLC, um, you know, you can choose it to be taxed any way that you want. You could be taxed as a sole proprietor, a partnership, be taxed as a corporation. 
uh, but still have the ease of setup of the LLC. Right. And, you know, one of the issues with, let's say, a corporate entity, if it's an S corporation, um, which is, uh, you know, which is a flow through entity. In other words, there's not a corporate level tax. It just flows to the to the owner. you know that there are restrictions on on ownership of those, and so sometimes in estate uh, estates, uh, you know that that's a more complicated uh, asset to uh, to uh, you know to administer versus an LLC interest. Is limited partnership still something that's popular in the estate planning world? I know back when the estate tax exemption was a lot lower. Uh, the use of limited partnerships were you know, far more prevalent, but I haven't, I haven't heard anything about uh, the, the limited partnership in quite some time. I th- I, yeah, I think I think they are still used. Uh, you know, they're they're a, a, a they're a, they're a liability uh, protection uh, you know entity, and and I think those considerations uh, yeah, some some planners like to use the limited partnership. It has been around longer than LLCs, so that you know there's some value in in having an entity that that that, that has been established for a long period of time, and, and there's a more a, maybe a more clear definition of of, of what the um, what the rules are and what 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 would happen in various situations. So so yeah, you do see it. You do see still see that out there. The limited partnerships. This is Financial Coaching Radio with John Baker. BakerCouncil.com is his website. He's a state planning attorney. We'll take a short break. Be back with you right after this. Keep it locked in right here. G-N-S. I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. about personal finance no books to sell certainly not peddling any financial products i'll leave that to the other shows i'm jason qualls certified financial planner jason qualls cfp.com for all about me still talking estate planning and let's move into the health care directive um i guess living will is that is it are those interchangeable john uh or are they two different documents well they're, they're yeah they're similar you'll see the you'll see the uh terminology 
Um, the living will it gets confused because it's not the will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, and I it, it, yeah. and that's I do kind of like you know it, I like the directive term, advanced directive or something like that because people do confuse will and living will, which are one's a health document and the other is your you know your last will and testament for your estate. So where your stuff goes if you pass away. You know, they're they're just two different, but people I think that terminology confuses people. So the, what is the main purpose of, of a health care directive or a living will? Yeah, so that is, you know, that's basically to give your instructions um, as to what type of medical care you want or, or, or what you do not want, you know, in certain health situations. Have you seen this document be used in the real world? Have you had uh, yes. experience with it? Uh, yes. And, and how does how does it play out? Give us a yeah. So the, uh, you know, if you go, if you're, if you're in a hospital setting, uh, they're gonna they're gonna ask you, you know, if you have one, and then if you do, they're gonna want a copy of it. And they, so I'd heard that they, unless they had it before you arrived at the hospital, they would not honor it. Is that I, true? I have like I almost have, like a liability thing, like oh, you could have made this document, but I, you know, we need to have this in advance. Yeah, I, I have not seen seen that that happen because I've you know I've had we've prepared documents in the hospital and then provided them you know to the hospital, so I haven't seen that happen. And maybe maybe there's some situation where that makes sense, but uh, you know sometimes we have someone in the hospital or they're in rehab or they're in the nursing home and, and we're doing the documents, you know, in those facilities, at, you know, at that time. Now, if there's a question about their competency, you know, if they're not all, you know, don't have all their uh, mental ability to uh, to understand what they're doing, you know, then, the, you know, certainly that could be an issue. But, but generally with the facilities, you know, as long as it's a properly executed document, um, you know, that's usually, uh, you know, all that we have to do. So you go to the hospital, <clears throat> you have a terminal condition, and you have this document that says that you want this type of care or don't want this type of care. The hospital just follows kind of the the, the document, or do they uh, do they get the counsel of whoever you've appointed as your healthcare director? Or I'm trying to, I've never had it. Obviously, in theory, it's different than how it works in the real world. Yeah. So the uh, I think it, you know in general they're going they're going to follow the document. Now, the documentation may have reference to the healthcare agent, you know, who may have some role in that. So, you know, I think that plays, plays a part. Uh, but let's say if you have a do not resuscitate, you know, they're, they're going to notate that in your medical record. And so if you, you know, if you, if you, if you, uh, you know, if your heart stops beating, they're not going to resuscitate you in, in that setting. And there's already a, you know, an instruction, uh, you know, in the medical record you know to that effect so uh, uh do people struggle trying to figure out what to put in this this document to say what type of yes. end of life <laughs> yeah and it, it is a difficult situation you know it is difficult because i do. think when people hear you know do not resuscitate that they go to the hospital they get rushed to the emergency room and they're just going to let them pass away and not try to save their yeah, life but so, it's not really that simple yeah and so you know in a in a no because uh these uh you know these directives particularly where you're talking about withholding treatment in, you know, in some, uh, um, you know, life-ending type health conditions, uh, uh, you know, in an emergency setting, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the emergency responders, you know, uh, if there's not a document there, you know, they don't have time to, 
right. inquire, they're going to they're going to they're going to do what they have to do to try to save the patient. However, but there has if, to be some type. You know, you have to have other issues going along with the 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 reviving of someone, right? You have to be have a terminal condition, or yes. you, know, you have to absolutely you know, they, they, can't care for yourself, and then you say, "Hey, I don't want to be resuscitated if I have no quality <laughs> of life." The, but if you're perfectly healthy, then you know it doesn't really play in, right? Right. So, so the uh, yeah, I've never and I've never seen one worded to do that. So, um, you know the uh, uh, it you know everyone I've seen you know they, there's a terminal condition or there is a coma with no chance of ever waking up or there is a uh, and that's that's in t- in one of the Tennessee versions. There's a you know. A, uh, in stage illnesses, you know, like the final stages of cancer, and certain situations with severe physical or mental, uh, you know, disabilities, where where let's say the person has advanced dementia, or or physically they they've lost the ability to uh, to do basic activities, you know. Then the document living. is basically saying, if I have those types exactly. of conditions, that I don't want to be on yes, life support, I that, don't want right. to be resistant. And if in and in the, the Tennessee Advanced Directive form, if it, it, it'll say if the condition is irreversible, meaning it will not improve, then if my heart stops beating, you know, I can elect. Yeah, don't put me on the breathing machine. Don't yeah. yeah. But they are, they are, you know, it's a lot of things you do have to think through. And so, like, when I'm meeting with clients, um, I'm, I'm usually uh, kind of uh, bringing that topic up, uh, you know, in that initial meeting and maybe handing them some uh, sample language to look at so that as we go through the estate planning process, they, they can start thinking about that. So that, you know, after two or three meetings, um, um you know, when we're ready to sign documents, you know, they make it's a decision that most people had to have to take some time. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And that's so I try to introduce that early in the process when when I'm meeting with clients. So the health care directive, the living will is just a small piece of the overall state plan. It could be will based plan, trust based plan, other things, powers of attorney on the financial side. So getting something going, at least getting a health care directive. In many cases, it is a more important document. And your health care agent, you know, appointing someone to make health decisions for you when you can't do it yourself is very important. If you have an estate planning question, reach out to John online, bakercouncil.com. John, what is that phone number if someone wants to reach you off the air with their estate planning questions? We're at 615-896-5621. All right, guys, keep it locked in right here on Financial Coaching Radio. Back with you in just a moment. are your investments costing you each year most people don't have a clue why is this extremely important because overpaying by just one percent a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28 percent you heard me right 28 percent less at retirement i'm commission free certified financial planner jason qualls i don't sell financial products I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? 
tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. Listen, anytime, anywhere at financialcoachingradio.com. I'm Jason Qualls, jasonquallscfp.com for all about me. I am one of the only independent, commission-free financial advisors in the area. Again, jasonquallscfp.com. Something that just came across my email, something I haven't seen in a while. Uh, I don't really know. I guess we've just been bogged down with all the other crap. Delaying Social Security or not delaying Social Security. And it was like, why delaying Social Security is the winning strategy? That was the the clickbait of the email. I didn't click it. I deleted it. <laughs> but it, it, it's, why, why I bring this up is that is a pretty broad statement, right? It's always the winning strategy. It's for everyone. Financial planning is individualistic. Doesn't mean it's, your plan is drastically different than your your buddies or your other family, but it should be ne- tailored to you. Some people should start Social Security at sixty two. Some should wait till their full retirement age. Some people should do it in the middle. It all depends on what's going on in your life, your financial life, your financial plan. You're not going to figure that out unless you work with an independent, fee only certified financial planner. Appreciate you listening today and every day. Be back with you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Local talk, as always, is up next right here on WGNS.